want to talk to you about complacency. Sometimes we lose interest in something and it makes us pull back from the thing. We're easily overwhelmed by the thing, whatever the thing is. We've all been there, sort of a going through the motions thing, but there's no real passion left. And it seems like everything's boring. With what's been going on in the world recently, I fear that some people have gotten complacent about their own lives. It's, it's, it's like a stuck in a rut position and it leads to depression if it's not treated, if it's not recognized. People lose hope in even the smallest things. Uh, should a family crisis or a personal struggle erupt while you're in this place, it can be more than you can manage. Sounds crazy to quote suicide statistics while speaking of complacency, but the reality is that many people are succumbing to despair and ending their own lives. Our suicide rates are climbing right now. What starts as a complacent behavior or being stuck in a rut can rob us of your gifts and talents. Definitely of the gifts and talents of the people that are stuck in despair. So how do we combat that? That's what this podcast is about. We're going to talk about ways to overcome that complacent spirit. And hopefully overcoming that will change everything. So I've invited my wonderful friend Kim Gibson to talk about this with me. Thanks, Kim, for coming. Well, thank you for asking. You know, it's, it's time to spread some solution. There's so much misinformation in the world today that nobody really knows what to think anymore. And that feeling of being on rocky soil is robbing them of confidence and and courage and chutzpah. Remember that old word, chutzpah, yeah. So first of all, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been in a place of like complacency or just flatness yourself? Oh, um, absolutely. And I... I think COVID, it, I found myself in a very complacent spot. In the very beginning, my husband teased me because he came home. I had all the windows open and the back sliding glass doors open. And I was sitting outside coloring. He's like, God, you love this. I, isolation. Like, isolation. But then I allowed myself to stay there. And You stopped coloring yes, too, didn't you? Yes, yeah. I did. That's... And when the world started to slowly open up, I resisted. Coming going back. back out into it. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about solution on this podcast, okay. if that's good with you. Because the good news is, if you know complacency and you're listening to this podcast, chances are good that you've known the opposite. You've known success in living. And this can be success in your career, in your family, in your spirit life, anywhere. If you've known success somewhere, we want you to reach in and remember that place. Because that's where we're going to start. You know, I think the biggest tool, Kim, is probably one of the most overlooked traits. And that is awareness. Becoming aware that you're stuck. But I think you almost have to hit a bottom with it. And I think that's what happened to me. All of a sudden, it's like, I was so stuck, I didn't even know how to get out of it. Yeah. And sometimes... You know, people look at you as a solution-oriented person, and I believe a lot of people look at me that way. So sometimes, for the type of person I am, it's hard for me to say, help. I need help. Yes. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Well, I think that that's absolutely true. 
despair comes before awareness. Yes. And awareness is a tool because without it, nothing is going to change. You're going to sit there and fall deeper and deeper into the mud. In my mind, with complacency and being stuck in a rut, I see the rut as a muddy rut. And I see these old wagon wheels, like from the (laughs) Western days, you know. And I see the wheel slipping deeper and deeper. And the deeper it gets stuck in that mud, the harder it's going to be to get out of it. Absolutely. You're going to need more and more help to get out, to get a wagon wheel that's past the middle point, so to speak. So, so coming into awareness is recognizing that there's a problem and that it's more than you can bear. Well, fortunately for me, I have some routines set up. Mm-hmm. Um, but even you, you mentioned it earlier, I was just going through the motions with those routines. Yeah. They didn't have the meaning. It was like a check mark. Next I to did something. this, check. I did that, exactly. check. Exactly. Made my coffee, check. Journal, yes. check. Prayed, check. Right, but none of it. But was you weren't really connecting. Connection. connection. Yeah, there That's was no it. connection. There was no yeah. connection. Yeah. Well, um, when we can see our world from a new vantage point, possibilities will open up. And so I'm I'm encouraging everybody listening to think about a time when you had a good emotional run, and connect with the belief that there is a way out. Because what I'm asking you after despair. The next, the next, the, the rope to pull you out of that mud is called hope. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. The first step is honesty and mm-hmm. acceptance of your situation. The second is hope. And yeah. then hopefully you have some faith either in yourself or someone outside of yourself that you can reach to for that, for that help. To help you help. out of that mud. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I like the acronym for hope. Hold on. Pain ends. Absolutely. And sometimes we have to make a new plan. You know, I've heard of people that like set goals, you know, but all of a sudden I'm like, okay, you're in the mud. You're not going to be setting goals right now. Yeah, what's don't, your five-year plan? Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't go there. Just make it real simple. Open your mind to the possibility that how you are living is insane. It's insane to work against your highest good. That's what insanity is. It's It's knowing there's something better for you and not looking to attain it and I don't mean uh, a Rolls Royce or a, a big house in the Hamptons I'm talking about you can connect with a higher power you can connect with other people that are like-minded you can you can connect with your true self and want to pick yourself up and get out of the place that you're in it's it's a major tool against complacency it's probably the major tool against complacency. And the word is action. You got to do something if you want things to change. I can remember one of the first things that I, I, I remember. I remember the day things were different. Like mm-hmm. this, I actually noticed how bright the sun was. Right. And I went out in my yard and I was weeding. Nice. You know, it was change, weeding. change a muscle, change a thought. Yeah. Move a muscle, change a thought. Right. You know, and, and, and you said it earlier, we've had successes in the past. And that was one of the things that came to me during my complacency was move a muscle, change a thought. Mm-hmm. And I went outside and I weeded, which, you know, it sounds so mundane, but it was, it was different. I moved the muscle. I did something different. Did you see a butterfly that day? It was the sun. I, I, when I think back to, to that day, I just remember the sun being brighter. 
Yeah. And feeling it. And feeling it. Feeling yeah. the heat on my and skin. And loving it. And realizing, wow, I love sunshine on yes. my skin. Complacent people forget those little moments of joy. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. Yeah. It, it's, it's like um, we're robbed of joy when we fall into that rut. And and sometimes we need help to get out of it. It's 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 time to connect some dots. So I'm going to throw some dots out and see how you connect them with what you just said. Okay. Because you said a really good, that little thing of I got up and I went out and weeded and I felt the sun. And that changed something for that day. For that day. That day got better. Okay. Body, mind, spirit. We have three natures. And when one of them is suffering... Because I think complacency is a suffering of the mind. It's a suffering of our emotional self and our self-will. They go together in what I call a soul. So if the body gets up <laughs> and goes out and, and kneels down to pull the weeds and the spirit is with you feeling the sun, remembering the joy of the creation. Yeah, remembering our past successes. Yeah that that's it so so body mind spirit how would you like kind of throw those together have you ever used like have you ever uh i remember my friend debbie our friend debbie Mm -hmm. debbie when she was angry she was so angry she was so emotionally bereft she didn't know what to do and I told her about pounding nails. I told her I'd get oh, these big Oh, I know big the story of yours, yes. I, I pounded these nails into this board in my garage, and it, it made my emotions feel less big. So Debbie went to the dollar store. She didn't have nails. She didn't have board. So she bought a bunch of rolls of uh, wrapping paper, mm-hmm. and she came home and beat them <laughs> to shreds against her bed. I can, now, I can see her doing that. That's move a muscle, change, change a thought. thought. But I think body, mind, and spirit, I believe they are all, they're all vessels. They all need to be fed. Mm -hmm. You know, if I am filling my body with sugar, not moving my muscles, not getting out, let the sun, it affects me emotionally. I'm going to feel run down. For me, sugar, I I get, my body gets inflamed. My joints hurt. So if I'm not taking care of the physical side, my emotional and spiritual are going to suffer. Same if I'm not taking care of my mental by connecting with my friends that I, that are on the, are on the same path. That also want success. Exactly. For you too. Not just for me. So if I'm not doing that, I'm not going to want to feed myself physically. Same if I'm not taking the moments to meditate, pray, notice the sun on my skin. They're all so intertwined. And I think, we forget that, especially yeah. we forget about the body part affecting the spirit and the mind. Yeah, how it does this. So, so the first thing is, if we want to make some changes, I'm going to ask you to go to a few different things. We're going to kind of pound through these a little bit quick. Okay. But if you're trying to get out of a complacent rut, these things might help you. I believe we were created in the image of God, and the creational gift we were given is creativity. So, you know, a new project or a goal might inspire you, but it could be as simple as going to the dollar store or the dollar 25 store and buying <laughs> a box of crayons. You mentioned you were coloring at yes. the beginning of COVID. Yes. And I said, but you stopped coloring, I didn't did. you? Because I wasn't feeding the other, the other parts. Right, right. Break the routine. Do something different, but use your creative energy to good. Plant herbs and then cut them, cut them up 
cook with them. <laughs> something that it's simple. It's funny you said that because I was thinking that when you were talking about yeah. trying something different. Something different, creative. But what are some creative things? Did you used to like to sing? Well, when nobody's home, turn the music on and do your own karaoke. Right. Dance. Or even play music. Play I'm, music. We put a Sono system in our new house. I thought it was a waste of money because I'm not really a music person. But I have found during this time of complacency that if I put music playing when I'm in the house, just doing, I'm moving a little different, mm-hmm. differently. I'm also not sitting in front of a TV. Taking watch, all the negative energy. Taking in the negative. Yeah. It, it, even the, the shows that, that might, um, I, I don't watch the shows anymore that are uh, violent. And, and Donald even knows, my husband knows, she won't watch that. I remember we started watching a series called, can I say it or will it be bad? Oh, anyway, we were watching this series called Breaking Bad. And it was a real nice chemistry teacher. And all of a sudden he was becoming worse and worse. And I just said, I can't watch the demise of a fellow human being and think that's entertainment. I'm better just, than me. I saw I, every episode. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't do it. So go ahead and watch it when I'm not home. <laughs> you know, go ahead. He can watch it. He's not affected. I'm affected by that. But I know that. Why? Because I know myself now. But so the first thing is creativity. Find something that's creative. It could be dancing. It could be music. It could be gardening. It's very creative. It could be coloring. It could be singing. It could be anything where your creational energies are put. For some, it's... Trying a new recipe. Yeah. you Writing a computer program. Some of you listening are like, I don't get any of that. Okay, then write a computer program. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is... Use your creativity. The next one. People think I'm crazy. Get organized. Oh, absolutely. Clean a closet. Empty the refrigerator and wipe down all the shelves. Oh, chaos around me completely affects me. God is not the author of chaos. So chaos goes against our best interest. Absolutely. It's not, it's not, it's, it's order is better for us, for our minds. You know, even for little guys, like my little grandson, when, when he would have toys everywhere, he would be, you know, kind of acting bad. Right. When we'd clean up the toys, he got in a better frame of mind. It was very easy to watch, you know, but getting organized. Okay. The next one, communicate, tell on yourself. Tell somebody where you're at currently and ask for help so that you can get a new approach. I've always said, if you can't change your attitude, change your approach. That makes sense. Yeah. I suffer from depression. I've, I always have. I, I truly believe it's it's centered in the body. I believe there's, mm-hmm. you know, genetically I'm, I'm prone to it. And I can remember early on in my, in my husband's relationship, he does not understand depression. Um, and I can remember early on saying, you need to know this about me. And we really had a long conversation about what his role is in helping me with that. Mm-hmm. And so now he's very good at saying, or I'm very good at saying to him, I'm in a bad place. His response is, do you need anything from me? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I do sit next to me. Sometimes I just need him to get the hell out of my space. Yeah. You know, you that's know, okay. But, and you know, that's funny because I think that for something like that, the big one for the person on the outside looking in, don't take it personal. That's what the conversation Your depression was, yes. is not about me. Right. But I love you, so therefore if I can help with it, 
I'm available. Right. But it is not about me. It I didn't cause it. I can't cure it. And I and I it, it's kind of like those three C's of the Al-Anon people that they say I can't change it. I can't. I didn't cause it, and I can't cure it. But if I can help you, let me I know. Will. Let me yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. How about this one? Look for someone else to help. <laughs> if you're stuck, look for someone else to help because there's somebody more stuck than you. I watch Dr. Phil. It's mine and my husband's <laughs> little secret. Thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. We we tape it. We don't watch every episode. If it's too political or something like that, we kind of we delete it and move on. But he is always saying that the people that are there really on a pity pot, it, go out and help someone. Go if it's a woman, go to a woman's shelter. Do this. Do, it, it is absolutely success cure-all. is contagious. Yes, success is contagious. You know, pity pot. I just want you to know you're using a toilet seat as the halo. <laughs> Not a good image, but it's a good way for you to get off it. Okay, okay. I think the next one leads right from that going out to help someone else. The attitude of gratitude. What's good right now? That sun on your back that day was good right now. Absolutely. And you might have seen a flower that you would have missed. Yes. You know, we have weeds in our grass that grow. And one of the weeds produces this flower that is so minuscule and minute. My friend Sherry Hickman, who's a horticulture expert and a professor at Indian River State College, always tells me what it's called. I haven't retained the information. (laughs) But anyway, if you pick one, Kim, it looks like a very little tiny orchid. It's absolutely beautiful. And now I like the weeds in my yard. (laughs) (laughs) All about perception. You know, they're going to get cut when we mow the lawn. They go away. But when they're growing and they're sprouting up faster than the grass around them. You see them differently now. Oh, I love them. But that's my attitude of gratitude. Right. But I had to inspect and look at them. I have to say, when someone starts talking about gratitude, my first I'm a half-empty kind of person in the class. Mm-hmm. And over time, I've changed that. But for some reason, when someone says attitude of gratitude, what are you grateful for? I get a little like, oh, def- not the word. Defensive isn't the word, but I get a little up, like I stick Uncomfortable. Up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know what that's about. I will yeah. force myself to think of things, but I naturally do not want to do it. This helped me with gratitude. Um I, th- I think gratitude is about my relationship with my higher power. Okay. It's thanking the higher power for the good things in this world that affect me. So it's very me-centered. <laughs> okay. You know I what can I mean? do me. I can talk about me. <laughs> but gratitude is very me-centered. It's the difference for me between praising the higher power or honoring the higher power. Okay. Um, honoring the higher power is all about the higher power. Like, God, you are really awesome good job today yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow look at that tree you made that i would not have noticed that tree because it's not about me right as i'm driving down the street but i'm like good one oh you definitely hit it i can i'm sitting here inside going oh yeah that's what it is okay so so gratitude is a it's a way out of selfishness but it's a slow walk out (laughs) okay okay now here's the next one right away we're going into hook up seek the divine Wherever that leads you. You guys know my spirituality. I don't hide it. Right. That's who I am. That's how I got there. I don't know if there's another path, but I know this. If you're not seeking, you're not on any path, so you're not going to get there. There's a saying, um, God could and would if he were sought. And I really believe that it is in the seeking. 
Yeah, the seeking it, is the deal. Yes. It, it's not in the finding necessarily. No. You know? So um, I'll tell you what, I always think of Mel Fisher. We're on the treasure coast of Florida. Those of you listening from somewhere else, Vero Beach is in the heart of the treasure coast. Mel Fisher had his big find of the Atosha right off our coast. And you know what they delighted in? They delighted in these seeds they found. They were 350-year-old seeds, and they couldn't wait to plant them. I mean, yeah, they were pulling off tons of gold and silver and and uh, precious stones and stuff like that and pearls and stuff like But what the guys, that they got, that got old, right. the gold and silver. That got old, but when they found a comb. It was comb, expected. The gold and silver was expected. When they found a comb from one of the people that lived 350 years ago. Those were the delights for the crew. And I always have to remember that, you know, seeking is about the minuscule as well as the grand. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Okay, here's the other one. Say yes to connecting with others. It's so easy to say, I can't today, I'm tied up. You were caught in that, weren't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when the friend calls and says, can you meet me for lunch, what do you say? Absolutely. I I look at my calendar. I, I live and die by my calendar. And if it's in there, I'm going to show up. But I am horrible at, there's a, there's a mutual friend of ours that always has these women get-togethers. And she'll call me and tell me what it is. I'll put it on my calendar. But I will tell you, 80% of the time, when the day approaches... You don't want to go. I don't want to go. But see, that's okay. Not everybody... Um, I have a child. One of my children is built for tons of people. The other one is built for a couple close friends. Knowing who you are and what you're comfortable with is part of connecting. So if you're not, if, if you can't just go and be in that crowd and be, you know, I, I sometimes am not built for a lot of people. I Maybe I have a lot going on in my personal life or in my spirit, but I might make an appearance, but I won't stay. And sometimes I won't even make the appearance, but maybe if I'm not going to make an appearance, I drop something off. Like the one friend you're talking about, I might drop off a dish right. and say, I won't be able to make it, but I just wanted to bring something to make sure it's a success and that's, that's, blah, blah, blah. But here's good the, insight. It's okay to not want to be in a crowd. It's okay. Well, I have that annual Christmas party every year mm-hmm. and, it, and it gets fairly big. It's yeah. about a hundred people once the night is over. And I resisted this year, really resisted on, on not wanting to do it. My husband is very, you know, we invite all, all walks of life. Yeah. We'll have homeless people to judges right. at our part, open house. And this year, um, I went with my husband and I said, yes. And I'll tell you what, one woman came up to me and, and pulled me to the side and says, thank you so much for inviting me. I didn't know this woman. She just saw one of my, everybody's welcome. My son um, died of an overdose six months ago. This is my first time out. Oh, yeah. You know? It's saying yes to connection with others is really big. It's a big part of getting out of that rut. I went to my husband. I said, I guess we're doing it again next year. Yeah. Yeah. You saw the fruit. Yeah. Your seed had fruit. My uncomfortableness, I realized we were creating yeah. a, a place for people to feel safe. Yeah. Well, you know, give yourself a time limit, I think is an important part. If you're going to go somewhere and it doesn't make you feel better, you know, if you're going to try one of these things, we said being creative or getting organized or hooking up or saying yes to, if you say, I'm going to do what they said for a week. If you don't feel by ne- better by next Tuesday, okay, go back to your hole. Right. But I promise you this, if you make the effort, you will feel better. 
And I, you know, I'm going to interject here a little bit because I truly do believe my depression is from medical. You know, mm -hmm. I've really gone into DNA. You know, my journey on this. Yeah. I've researched. You know, I do genetics. I've had genetic studies done on me. All sorts of things. If you do go back in there and you do try a couple of things and you're finding it doesn't pull you out, it may be. You might uh, need professional help. You definitely will need professional help to pull yourself out of that, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a chemical imbalance. It's not about being good or bad or anything well, my else. my journey it's with this simple chemistry change of thought, because I really thought it was a moral dilemma. Oh, I thought my goodness. depression was a moral dilemma. And it was about probably 15 years ago. Now I went to my doc, my psychiatrist, and I said, you know, you go to someone's sick and they go to the doctor and they say, it's in your head. Yeah. You know, this is psychological. It's not, man, it's not really manifested. So I went to my psychiatrist and I said, you know, is it possible that my depression is based on something physical? She says, funny you just mentioned that. I just came back from a seminar, and it was all about this genetic testing to the point where they can genetically test you to see which medications will work better for you with the chemistry in your brain. Wow. But through that journey, I've now found that <clears throat> genetically I do am predisposed, just like I'm predisposed to be heavy. Predisposed I'm, to diabetes, predisposed right. to heart disease. Exactly. Yeah. So, so don't be hard on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I learned then. And get the help you need. You know, complacency is going to strike all of us. Don't go deep with it. Don't let that wheel get so stuck that you think there's no, that you'll never travel to success again. When you see it, when you first get that first moment of clarity that you're in the dark again, start fighting. When the awareness comes, take some action. Absolutely. Take some action because we need you in this big world. We need your input. We need your gifts. We need your talents. We just need you. And complacency, you're not going to, you're never going to stay still. Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, you're going to stay in the, you know, let's say a scale of one to five and you're at a three. You're not going to stay at that three. Yeah. You're just going to keep sinking. It's progressive. Unless you, yes, progressive. It gets worse, never yeah. better. Without help, it gets worse, never better. Well, Kim, thanks so much for talking with us today. We're going to wrap it up. And listen, you're not alone if you're feeling stuck in that rut, but that rut has two sides and we'll help you crawl out of it. Amen. Yeah. It's time to take addiction out of the shadows and shine the encouraging light of recovery on everyone affected. Good Seed Podcast is powered by BethWE.com, a nonprofit ministry based in Vero Beach, Florida. We'll start the uncomfortable conversations that turn despair into hope and complacency into action. Connect, communicate, and thrive with us. Check us out online at BethWE.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again soon.